Thanks for joining us today on Talking Independence. I'm your host, Evelyn Santoro, and today we have a very special guest. Joining me is Franca Arena, a prominent figure in Sydney's Italian community. Franca worked as a journalist for the Italian language newspaper La Fiamma, as well as a broadcaster on ethnic community radio. She was also involved in the early formation of SBS, and in 1972, Franca joined the Labour Party. In 81, she was elected uh, to the New South Wales Legislative Council. And, um, oh my, there's so much more, but uh, we'll be talking about it throughout this episode. Thank you so much for your time today, Franca. It's a pleasure, Evelyn. I'm very happy and honoured that you asked me. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to go back to the very beginning and tell us about your arrival in Australia and what stirred your Republican sentiment. Well, I, I arrived in Australia in 1959 and uh, was sent to Bonnegilla immigrant camps. And uh, then I came to Sydney after a few weeks and um, I started working for La Fiamma newspaper. I... I I loved Australia. I met my husband. I was teaching Italian at night to make a bit of extra money. He was born here in the years where you couldn't speak Italian. Mm -hmm. You really were a walk if you did. So uh, we became good friends first, very good friends. And then he asked me to marry him, and we married after two years. Mm -hmm. uh, I was asked to become an Australian citizen after five years. As it was a time, as a time, and I got a letter from the Minister for Immigration, say it was a standard letter, and you are now eligible to become an Australian citizen and a British subject. I told them I was not interested in being a British subject, <laughs> but wanted to be an Australian citizen. Yes. It, uh, it never I even answered, and I didn't become a citizen. But in '68, uh, we were going to Italy to see my family with uh, my two little boys, and I decided that didn't want to travel in an Italian passport, and they would be in an Australian passport. So uh, I became a citizen. I swallowed my pride because the oath of allegiance in those days was, I swear allegiance uh, and loyalty to the Queen of England, mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth II, her heir and successor. I really felt I was choking while I was reading this oath of allegiance, really choking. My allegiance, my loyalty was to Australia, to our constitution, to yes. our people. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I did it. And, you know, this oath of allegiance did not change until 1994. It was Paul Keating who had it changed. And now all the people who become new citizens swear allegiance to Australia, which I think is wonderful. But our armed forces still have an oath of allegiance to the Queen of England and heir and successor. So one day they will serve allegiance to King Charles, King of Australia. I just shudder at the thought of it. How interesting that you, when you received that letter saying that you would have to swear allegiance to the Queen and, and become an Australian but also a British subject, what an antiquated idea. Absolutely. But you must realize that in those days, Menzies was still the prime minister. He hadn't been the prime minister since 1949. That was 1966. And uh, so he was a man who really lived in the British world. When the British asked uh, him 
to uh, come and test their atomic bombs in Australia, he said yes straight away without even asking the cabinet or the members of his party. He gave them permission. I don't know how many people died, especially Aboriginal, in those remote areas of South Australia and Western Australia where the atomic bombs testing of the British took place. It was a shame what we did. I wanted to go back to that, that you had a very active political life. In 1981, you became the first woman from a non-English speaking background to be elected to an Australian parliament. That is such a wonderful thing for women, particularly women of different backgrounds, to have you as, as a, a fine example. What was it like going into politics at that time? Well, I went into politics and joined the Labour Party because of the sacking of the Whitlam government. I know that the Whitlam for some people is still a controversial figure, but I loved Whitlam. He was a man with a wide vision. He went to China when we still didn't recognize it. He was, um, you know, he, he was a wonderful man. He brought so many um, reforms. He helped the Aborigines to get their land. He was really an excellent an excellent man. So I, I joined the Labour Party and worked on many causes, SBS, uh, and the Ethnic Communities Council. And when I was in Parliament, I started a, a, a dinner once a month of women of ethnic background coming from all parts of Sydney. And instead of uh, inviting a member of the of the cabinet a minister to come to listen to them. So every time we had five women who spoke to the cabinet minister, minister on different issues and he would then respond. And I think that was the most wonderful thing. It was an access to uh, power, an access to parliament that uh, these women would never, never had uh, had before or I think since. We had become a multicultural society. But if you looked at our structure, whether it was parliament, whether it was public service, whether it was anything else, it's like with women. We were not represented at all. Mm -hmm. It was just a, a really British country um, of looking at its British origin, which is okay, which is okay. But, you know, we had become a multicultural society. We wanted to be represented at all levels of society. And we wanted to contribute. I think that is the right word. And we wanted to contribute to all the different aspects of Australian life. I loved Parliament. I really loved it. And I worked very hard. I certainly, anybody who knew me at the time and after even, that I worked so hard. I loved it. It was not a sacrifice for me. I really loved working hard. And, and you've also were a founding member of the Australian Republic movement. So you were amongst uh, Neville Rann, Faith Bandler, Tom Keneally and, and Malcolm Turnbull. What year was that? That was actually in 1988 when we had the bicentenary. I was appalled at the fact that, you know, there was nothing Australian about it. It was all from the British royal family. So uh, I decided that we needed to 
to become a republic. So I wrote to Neverrand, uh, and Never helped me a lot yeah, out of parliament by then. And we formed a committee, as you say, which when you think about it was representative of uh, the old uh, British thing, which was uh, Malcolm Turnbull and Neverrand. Uh, Thomas Keneally was of Irish descent. Myself was of Italian background. And the most important of all, and a wonderful friend, I loved her so much, Faith Bandler, who was a very active uh, for the 1967 referendum and since uh, a wonderful woman. So uh, we decided to form this committee and started working. And then a lot of people joined us. You have no idea how many, for instance, sports people uh, joined us and wanted to. Uh, to change uh, things because especially if you had been uh, at an Olympic Games and you won a medal, a gold medal, they would place God Save the Queen. God Save the Queen. Uh, we only changed our national anthems uh, years later in the 80s. And, and so, you know, it was very important. We worked very hard and uh, we had a list of our members which was never ending. But unfortunately, we lost the referendum. And one of the reasons why I think um, there was a, a growing, growing number of Republicans in Australia, but we lost the referendum because there was a division in the Republican movement itself about how to elect uh, the president. A lot of people wanted to be, uh, you know, an, an election of a president, which we didn't agree with because it, it would have become like an American presidential election. Our president should be a, a, a person of a kind of figurehead who, exactly what the governor general is now, is appointed by the government together with the consensus of the opposition. And, uh, you, and you get excellent people. We got excellent people. So Peter Carlsgrove became a, a, a governor general. Um, Quentin Bryce, a woman, a wonderful woman, became governor general. And these people could have become president of our republic and done an excellent job, just to say. I, I wanted to go back to a little more about Faith Bandler. So Faith... Um, you mentioned she did a lot of work in the 67 referendum. Faith was a First Nations person, wasn't she? Yes, she yeah. was indeed. She was a very hard worker. And, you know, it pains me to say this, but Faith says that myself, herself. So I will tell you for the for history because it's important. Faith was very hard, but was not accepted entirely, entirely at, uh, by the uh, Aboriginal community because she was a Torres Strait Islander. Mm -hmm. And they didn't think. They change, uh, they change slowly, and they slowly accepted her. But, you know, for many years, she said, I was excluded from different committees because there was jealousy also, you know, the prominent role she took in 67 referendum. And there was jealousy from a lot of people, which is very sad, but it just shows you that uh, jealousy and uh, different uh, feelings are in all communities, not just the Anglo-Saxon, the ethnic or the Aboriginal community. But she was a splendid woman. She was a splendid woman, so intelligent, so capable. Her father... Her father was a, 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 a was a slave, practically. He was kidnapped from the Pacific Island and taken to Australia to uh, work in the in the in the cane industry. He was a cane cutter, 
but fortunately, he married this Aboriginal woman uh, who he loved very much. And when all these uh, uh, people were repatriated to the Pacific Islands, um, he could stay in Australia because his wife was an Aboriginal. But it, it was a difficult uh, road, and uh, we had to we meaning as a as a country and as a community we had to overcome so many um hurdles but we did which i think is wonderful absolutely and and the fact that um i mean some of our listeners would know but the 1967 referendum was actually for our first nations people to be citizens of australia to be actually exactly. recognized um, exactly Exactly. I mean, it took 1967, and fortunately, it was one of the very few referendums which was passed with a great majority. I mean, that is really a great comfort for us to think that we were so retrograde. Now, in that occasion, we show that uh, Australians had a conscience. If you were to give advice to the supporters of a republic today, what would that be? Well... I think that they should make their voices heard. They should speak to the members of parliament, various organizations, and think, you know, who are we? We are Australians, a unique nation, a multicultural nation, from people coming. You know, uh, Evelyn, 200 different uh, countries and, uh, and languages we speak. We need to have our own identity. We need to be ourselves. Now, with the latest thing, for instance, with China and the Solomon Islands, it just shows you that who would help us in case we needed help? We got to think that we are in an Asian region. And even though we love our origins, um, whether they're British, Italian, Greek, or whatever, we really need to have an identity as Australian. And I hope that that will happen. Uh, will happen. And as we swear now allegiance to our country, we will have our own head of state, and we will, uh, you know, be more respected in the world. Because, you know, I've been abroad sometimes at international parliamentarians conferences and things. And uh, some people said, oh, well, who's your head of state? And said, the Queen of England. And we just appalled. People just couldn't believe that we were so backward, still having in 2022, the Queen of England to be our head of state. We've got people good enough to be our own head of state. Yes, we do. We have brilliant people. Uh, I am now, uh, as you know, 84. I am in good health, but you never know at my age. I could go anytime. <laughs> and yeah. I often say to people, I really, the last big wish I have before I die is to see Australia becoming a republic. I hope it will be fulfilled. I hope so too, Franca. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and hearing about just some of your incredible work. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. You're an inspiration to many women, particularly those of us from a diverse background. So grazie mille. Uh, for our listeners, to learn more about the movement and upcoming events, you can visit the ARM website on republic.org.au. And uh, Franca, thanks again. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you very much for asking me.